This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Welcome to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I have with me, I hope, who I hope will be a silent co-host, uh, lying next to me. But more on her later in the show. Uh, last week's show... Uh, I should say this. Now, I, I, I know I've mentioned this over the years doing Dimland Radio that, um, you know, I, it's a pretty niche kind of a thing. You know, the, the, uh, the, the best kept secret on the internet. Nobody knows I'm here. Only a few, very select few, actually listen to this show. And you should think of yourselves as uh, being on the inside, on an in thing. You never know. Some days, you know, like centuries from now, after I'm long dead and gone, uh, somebody will discover this, and you can know that you were in on it, right? But, of course, you'd be dead, too. So, I guess, what's the point? Uh, I sometimes... Uh, I, I mean, I, people ask, what's this show about? What do I do? Uh, well, I do talk about skepticism here and there. Uh, I talk about things that bug me. <laughs> I talk about sports a little bit. Uh, some politics gets in there here and there. And I talk about personal stuff. Not everything of my personal stuff, but some of it. Some of it I feel willing to share. I talk about being an atheist. Um, and some of the frustrations that this atheist feels when he observes people who are religious being... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to describe. Uh, but I'll try. And I do try as I do my show. Um, so, I, I hope the people who listen to the show find it interesting and all that. Um, not everything I'll, will interest everybody. And when I do a show that's going to be like pretty indulgent as far as my personal life goes like this show can be and I mean this particular one that you're listening to episode number 537 536 shows are in the can and this one will be by the time you hear it it's um you know this one's probably going to have some of that stuff so you know Morning up front. Uh, okay, <clears throat> last week's show, uh, I ended with uh, with a cool thing about a certain, hopefully silent co-host for this week's show, and 
every show going forward, depending on how this works, the person, the, the one that's not the person, uh, the 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 entity <laughs> that's lying next to me. But more about her later. I ended the show talking about her, um, and in in anticipation uh, of her. But but the end of the show was a little rocky. Uh, talked about um, having to put our cat down. And if you're not a pet person, you may not total, completely feel what that's like. But I think I think you can empathize. I mean, I'm not, you know, of the, I think as I said uh, in, in the past, uh, Amy, of Amy and I, Amy's more the pet person than I am. But, you know, I'm still... I, I still liked our uh, liked our cat, loved our cat, and still felt the absence pretty hard. But that wasn't the darkest, roughest part of the last week's show. Um, I let you guys know about my mother. Uh, she uh, she went into hospice. Uh, just as a brief recap, I. Um, Mom had been in the hospital for a little bit. She got out. She was home for a couple few days. It was a Saturday. She fell down. I got a call from my dad. I was I had about a half hour left in my work day at the comic book store. And he called. And I found out that she had fallen down. And so I, I told him to call 911. Use your medical alert device, whichever. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come over. Um, he got the neighbor lady to help get mom up off the floor and into her chair, and then I had to help mom off her chair into the bathroom, off the toilet, and back into her chair. And I realized there's no way she can stay here because there's no way dad's going to be able to take care of her. It's just not, she's going to have to go back to the hospital. I, can, I discussed that with my older brother, and he agreed, and that's what happened. So she went into the hospital. They got her to a better place where she could come home again. And then the hospice people came over and assessed the situation. And they entered her into the hospice program. They called a soft start saying she'll be in for three months. She'll be evaluated. The nurse will be out each, each week just to check on things. And dad was going to be her caretaker. I... I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but there was a big concern in my mind, and I believe in the mind of my siblings, my older brother Bob, my sister, and my younger brother Steve, my sister Nancy, my younger brother Steve, and you know, and just about everybody involved, knowing what's going on in the situation. I think just about everybody had it in their mind somewhere that uh, we were worried about one particular thing. Dad's taking care of her. Dad's 87 years old, and he's not in the best shape of his life. He's in better shape than Mom. I told him some months ago that Mom is aging faster than you are, Dad. But Dad's not, uh, you know, he's not a slouch in the aging part. He's getting there. So, the worry was, what if Mom falls again? What if, I mean, is mom going to be able to get up out of her chair, 
using, you know, use her walker, go to the bathroom, come back, get back in the chair or get back in and out of bed and be able to do the things that she needs to do. Is dad going to be able to help facilitate that if necessary? That was the worry because what if she falls again? Well, she fell again. Um, I, uh, Steve and I were, my younger brother and I, and I were over at their place uh, last Sunday. This is Friday when I'm recording this show, so last Sunday. We were over at, at their house. And I was cutting the grass, and Steve was doing some other stuff, and, you know, whatever. Going back and forth on some things that we were doing, and my older brother came by. He didn't stay for long because he says, well, you guys are here. You know, and uh, the neighbor who had helped mom up off the floor happened to be driving by. She stopped and talked to Steve and I. She says, how's your mom doing? And we said, so far, so good. You know, she's getting a lot of visitors. She's telling stories, doing some laughing, and having some, uh, some fun that way. I think that there was a family gathering uh, where uh, for the um, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, where you know, we, mom joined in and playing a game of Yahtzee. She was able to come out to the kitchen, to the table in the kitchen, and you know, we played Yahtzee a couple games of that. She enjoyed herself and all. But uh, this, you know, uh, then this last Sunday night, neighbor asked about things, and we said, so far, so good. Well, uh, Monday morning. Uh, or very early morning, somewhere between 2 and 3 in the morning, uh, Mom was headed to the bathroom. Dad was helping. Uh, my sister got a monitor, a little monitor thing, like a baby monitor, actually, that lights up and vibrates and buzz, you know, because Dad can't hear for shit. So when he sees that thing flashing, he knows Mom is calling for him. So he got up and, you know, he was... Help! She got out of bed. She's on the walker. She comes around the hall. She starts heading down to the bathroom, and Dad's following behind her. But he's a little a step or two behind her, uh, you know. And he's moving the uh, oxygen cord that's along the floor because she has to be on oxygen. And he comes around the corner of her bedroom. She's down the hall a few steps, and she fell down. Well, he called 911. The paramedics came out. He didn't use his device. He should have used the device, but still, called 911. That's fine. They came out. Paramedics came out. They thought that mom might have dislocated her knee. Turns out she broke her leg below the knee. And, of course, she's in the hospital. Uh, that Monday, Amy stayed home because of a certain... Uh, so far, silent co-host, just lying next to me here on the couch, which I'll talk about her later. Um, she stayed home to attend to this person, this this entity, <laughs> this puppy. You know what I'm talking about. If you listen to last week's show, you know what I'm talking about. And Hayden and I went to work. My older brother was at the hospital with mom and dad. My sister had texted, you know, the group of us, uh, my older brother, my younger brother, and I, and her. You know, we are, we have a 
group chat going, and she texted and asked Bob, should I come up? And Bob said, you can if you want. And then Nancy talked to Dad on the phone, and she texted all of us and said, Dad sounds distraught. I'm on my way up. So she came up. And she ended up because she's she's got uh, she doesn't have much work to do over the summer. She's a professor at a, at a university in in Mankato, and this summer she just doesn't have as much work to be doing. So she's got a little more downtime, and so she's able to spend time with mom in the hospital. She stays there, and she's she stayed there through Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. She needed a break on Thursday, so I stayed over on Thursday night. And it was an interesting, interesting night. Um, that first day, that Monday, uh, Mom's leg was broken but was uh, in, a, in, a, in a brace to keep it in position. Surgery was going to happen the next morning. So uh, somewhere... Well, I guess about noon, almost exactly. I'm at work with Hayden. I got a phone call from my sister, and my sister sounded rather distraught. And she said, uh, "You got to come down here. Uh, Mom is calling for her babies, for her kids." So she said we should get a hold of Steve. Baba was already there, and I said, oh, "Okay, I'm on my way." So what I did was I asked one of the printers if he could give Hayden a ride home because I, I, Hayden wouldn't want to hang through this and I didn't want to you know, subject him to it so I just you know the printer said sure I'll get him home and I took off and I went and I was there for a while but I had to leave at some point and go pick up a couple of items for this uh, so far silent co-host lying next to me on the, co on the couch more about her later uh, I had to pick up a couple things and uh, um, it was a rough day for mom she was shaking and that shaking would shake her leg which would cause her pain and there was you know, they were trying to get this all figured out how to get her pain under control uh, the next morning she had the surgery I guess the it was a rough night my sister was saying there was there were some pretty hard moments in there um, and then the surgery took place Tuesday was better after the surgery Amy and I stopped by after work um, I think we, we dropped Hayden off and at home, and then Amy and I came by to visit. Uh, and uh, and then on Wednesday, Nancy was saying that she'd like to be able to go home on Thursday to be able to sleep in her own bed for a bit. She'd come back on Friday, so I volunteered to spend that night with Mom in the hospital. I don't know if I'm at an actual break time yet, uh, but I think that's a natural place to stop for a bit. And so um, uh, I'll just remind you that you're listening to Dimland Radio and the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Simmons. I'll be back after this break. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Hey, y'all. This is Tangina. You're going to give me whiplash looking up there, too. 
I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dim's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on. Did you just say that Dr. Dim doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers, or the beast? Well, holy sh**. Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dim's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Oh, I almost forgot. Um, thank you for indulging me. I'm telling you this story of uh, this past week with my mother. Um, I, I, I should say that my mom is still alive. Uh, she is on hospice. The end is near, but she is still alive at this point. Uh, so Thursday, I, I, let me backtrack, that Monday night was so bad. My sister, who's not a praying person, she's not sure she believes in any of that, found herself praying that mom would get that, you know, that final relief from the pain. Because it was bad. And I, I can understand that, that reaction. I don't think I would go that far because I'm, you know, I'm a straight-up atheist, man. I'm not praying. But <laughs> my sister's a strong woman, and uh, yeah, and it's just so grateful and thankful that she was able to be there and is able to be there now. I gave her the break on Thursday night. It was not anything like that. What Nancy went through on that first night and the second night was better the third night was better and you know with, with mom they were getting her pain under control and all that kind of thing and 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 nancy was just advocating for her and making sure that things are being you know being communicated to the nurses and the nurses were great but this isn't their thing hospice 
their thing is this mom because of a broken leg she's in an orthopedic wing and their deal the, you know the nurses are experienced with taking care of broken bones they're not you know necessarily experienced with dealing with end of life so you know so my sister was making sure to advocate for mom and I did what I could as well with my ex I, I, I uh, Amy dropped me off at the hospital after work on Thursday left a little bit early and uh, you know I brought Oh, I was thinking of bringing my comic books you know, that I'm doing for Nostalgia Zone. I was thinking of bringing those and just, you know, for quiet moments, I'd work on that. But, and then Amy said, you know, Jim, you're just not going to, you're not going to get to them. So, so I, what I did end up doing in the quiet moments when Mom was sleeping, I worked on some show notes here for the show. And, you know, this, this long first segment of the show, I was working on some of that stuff what I was going to talk about. Of course, I didn't know all of it. Because at that point, I wasn't where I am right now. You know what I mean? Uh, she slept most of the time, but she would wake up for an hour or so, and she'd babble. She'd talk a little bit. She'd know who I was. She wouldn't know who I was. It's hard to say. She'd be more alert and responsive to the nurses than she was to me. I don't know if it's because the nurses have a certain air of authority or they speak a certain way or they're just different people and she's used to me. I don't know. Who knows? Or it just be it could be a bias on my part. Maybe she was just as responsive to me and I'm just not noticing it because she's not what she normally is. Yeah, and and um yeah, and and it went fine the night uh, I got a little bit of sleep. I watched Star Wars on TNT. Oh, boy, does TNT add a lot of commercials. <laughs> oh, boy, you get like four minutes of show and 25 minutes of commercials. It's just, god damn, get back to the movie. I am, of course, exaggerating for effect. Um, and then after, I started dozing, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of half awake, half asleep or something, and I'm hearing this show that comes on on TNT after the Star Wars movie ends. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, geez, the acting in this movie isn't great. I know. You could say, you're still watching Star Wars, aren't you? Because, you know, the acting in Star Wars wasn't great. Okay? All right? It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. Some were really good. But, you know, the average overall wasn't great. Stop treating the original trilogy as if they were you know well two of the trilogy were the greatest movies ever made they were great they were great but come on anyway let's not get too far down that path of the star wars thing <clears throat> it, it, and i but i kept hearing you know these, and I, i'd look up and i said what, what the hell's on and it was ncis new orleans i guess it's the show that cbs plays or something I know it's one of those initialism shows about crime. I don't know. Uh, and the acting was terrible. <laughs> it's just like, this is not Better Call Saul. Nowhere close. This is regular TV acting. Anyway. But um, to wrap up my night, the, the one highlight of the night <clears throat> was uh, at one point I asked mom if she knew me and she said yeah I wish I didn't 
<laughs> oh, excuse me, I got a little cough. Dry throat. Let me have a let me have a sip. Cough down the joke. Well, uh, as of right now, uh, oh, and and that's the thing about what happened to mom when she fell and broke her leg. Uh, as I've understood it, and as some of the explanation was given through the course of this, is that a lot of times people who are getting into that end-of-life stage, something like that is just the the accelerant. They just are, you know, and 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 I think it's an, it's in part, you know, that she's really, you know, she's really drugged up to keep the pain away, because hospice is not to make you better. It's to ease you into the end. It's to keep you comfortable. That's what it's about. Okay. Something a little better to talk about. Uh, this little girl, this puppy, lying next to me here on the, on the, on the couch that I do the recordings. I wasn't sure how this was going to go. This is the first time I've done a show with this little dog lying next to me uh, in our house. Uh, I didn't know if she might uh, be exhibiting the kind of canine interruptus that our cat would do with her feline, felinus interruptus. So this would be caninus interruptus and felinus interruptus, or, you know, which is to start talking, you know, the, the cat would just start telling me about some, you know, some, some silly nonsense about Bob Lazar being, you know, working at Area 51, retro engineering, uh, uh, or back engineering, alien spacecraft and all that shit. The guy's full of shit. He's just making this stuff up. He might actually absolutely believe it, but come on. Anyway, I might do a, more of a dig on uh, dig into him to talk more about him later. I don't know enough about him now, but uh, it was brought up at my work uh, this week by uh, the office manager that I work with, and I just kind of I didn't have answers for him, but I heard that name and I went, yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard of him. Uh, and and yeah, you know, it's just you know it's a lot of nice anecdotes, and he has no evidence for what he claims, none. So anyway. But this little girl next to me is her name is Edna. Now we were thinking of changing the name, but uh, she's an Edna. <laughs> she's a Japanese chin. I think I may have mentioned that last week. She came to our house uh, last Sunday. Uh, the foster mom, I guess, uh, brought her by, uh, and was uh, she's you know she could. T I mean, she just come running up to us. Uh, Edna did, not the foster mom. Uh, Edna just come running up to me and just got hopped up and just wanted to be petted and held. And she's oh, she remembers you. Well, Edna's very friendly. I mean, we, we've we've brought her to work this week. We've set up a little place in Amy in the art department that Amy's in. It's on the second floor. It's just the two of them up there, during, you, know, during, you know, most of the time. And 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 she's a hit with everybody she's met at the place and there's, uh, there's a couple of them down there that she particularly likes but uh, it's she's been she's been great <laughs> um, there's been some adjustments you know when I got that call at 3 o'clock in the morning that 320 call I should say I was already up because I uh, that first night 
she was here, I decided I'm going to sleep down here in the living room because she wasn't really heading upstairs. She was staying put down here. And, uh, and, and she had me, you know, I was awake uh, dealing with when Dad called. But uh, she's been sleeping through the night. Um, her accidents inside the house have been becoming less and less and less and less. And uh, she's been a good girl. And she's just a sweet, uh, beautiful little, odd-looking, <laughs> wonderful dog. That uh, my one regret is that uh, I don't think my mom's ever going to meet her. Um, I don't know if the hospice will let us bring her in, and because we are we are close to getting mom to an actual hospice facility. Um, but yeah. And is here. She's a sweet, wonderful little thing. Uh, funny and fun. And she just, uh, right now, she's just lying next to me and she's giving me the side eye. <laughs> or she's asleep and her eyes a little bit open. Um, before I move on to a, you know other type, serious type stuff, I do want to mention something that is another concern of ours as far as our parents go. I, I remember I mentioned my dad. You know, he's 87. His balance isn't great, but he's able to get around. We're convincing him you need to have your cane with you at all times, even inside the house. Because last night, when he got home, fell asleep in the living room, got up, he turned off the light, the lamp on his on his table next to his chair turned that off before you know as he was getting up or something and he shouldn't have done that he says I don't do well in the dark and so he he ended up he fell down now he was able to get up he was able to get himself down the hall into bed he had a doctor's appointment uh, this morning and he told the doctor about it and the doctor checked him out you know my dad I guess he you know cut his head a little bit on the back of it so he bled a little bit but uh, the doctor says, well, everything seems okay. But the doctor seemed a, a bit concerned, which we are also, that Dad's on his, home, on his own at home. So, uh, you, you, you hope for one crisis at a time to deal with. And, and so uh, when, I dad, when I got Dad home tonight, I told him, Dad, just leave the light on in the living room when you go to bed. Don't worry about it. Just leave it on. And you should have, in your bedroom, you should have that lamp next to your bed. You should have that on all day, too. So when you get to the end of the day, you've got a light down at the end of the hall. You've got the light in the, on the living room. You have, there's, there's a couple lights they have on in the kitchen. Just leave them on. Leave them on. So at least you can see better. Whether that improves his balance, probably not. So, you know, stay tuned. Who knows where we're going to go. Uh, let's see. I think I think I'm gonna go to my next break, and then I'll come back and I'll get all political on you. <laughs> You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back.
to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. The Earth is only 6,000 years old. That's what Answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum say. And how can a museum be wrong? Isn't Dr. Oz just wonderful? I loved today's episode. It didn't talk down to his adoring audience of women at all. Science has proved that the subatomic quantum realm is as real as it is counterintuitive and bizarre. Therefore, I can use it to support quantum healing and quantum consciousness. After all, how can journals like Aquarius Metaphysics be wrong? Evolution is just a theory. After all, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you. Join the Guerrilla Skepticism and Wikipedia team and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information, Wikipedia. We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal and alt-med claims substituting the actual facts. And we operate in many languages. We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but as you can imagine, we can never do enough. So please join us. All you need is a PC and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Guerrilla Skepticism. The time is now. Music by purpleplanet.com. Oh, Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Uh, Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Ah, the original theme of Dimland Radio. That's what you just heard coming out of that break. Uh, I toyed with the idea of being silent again, like I did last week when I came out of the second break. In case you didn't catch why, I there was that 30 seconds or so of dead air. I had to go to pee. I had to go to the bathroom. And I thought I had more time within the break. Well, you know, I, I pee slower than I used to because you know, I'm getting old and my bladder's old. So, yeah, 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 yeah. A well-regulated militia. Yes, yes, I know, I know, I know. I, it's a well-regulated militia, so that means the Second Amendment doesn't apply to the people. But then it says the right of the people within the Second Amendment. It says that there, so it's the right of the people. Well, then what's the militia doing in there? I don't know. Is it both? I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a constitutional scholar, right? But for the people that would argue that the well-regulated militia just deals with the militia, and the people deals with everybody else. Um, they 
somehow feel that the well-regulated part doesn't seems that they don't think that that applies to the people as well because well you know it's not set in front of the people it's set in front of the militia I, I don't know <laughs> can't we have a well-regulated people and, I, and I, 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 I think I've probably talked about this before and I'm sure I brought up the fact that you know, I've been seeing it there's this, there's this new thing on the social media there's this new tack where people are saying words to the effect of you know the uh the 55 men in powdered wigs who wrote the Second Amendment wrote it before there were even bullets. Let that sink in. I hate that phrase, let that sink in. But think about that. Let's, you know, think about that. They, they, they wrote that amendment before there were even bullets, which uh, maybe that's technically true, sort of. There were shells, or were there shells? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a gun guy. I don't know. But, you know, there were balls that went into these guns and they're kind of bullets but I know it's I suppose it's a technicality it's a, it's the whatever but when they argue that it's just a variation it's just a variation on the you know when the second amendment was amendment was written they had you know flintlocks and muskets they didn't have you know Thompson submachine guns they didn't have they didn't even have Gatling guns then. They didn't. They didn't have these kinds of. You know, they certainly didn't have AR-15 assault. You know, those assault rifle things. They didn't have those. They, so, so the the suggestion is that the Second Amendment shouldn't apply to those things because those things didn't exist when it was written. There's no way the founding fathers, the, the framers of the Constitution, there's no Constitution, there's no way they could know that there would be such a thing as an assault rifle. They, they, they couldn't have known there would be a flamethrower, which you can, I think, own a flamethrower, but it's, it's kind of a difficult thing, difficult thing to do. They, they, they had no idea of these things, right? And you know what the counter is. Whether I agree with them or not, that we should be coming up with some common sense, what President Biden saying, some common sense, you know, legislation to regulate the ownership of guns. Uh, you know, whether I mean I might agree with that, I might not agree with it, uh, but if you're using the fact that bullets didn't exist or there were only muskets and flintlocks. So, you know, the weapons we have today, today aren't covered. Well, then what about the First Amendment? I know I've brought this up before. It's not an original argument even for me. But the First Amendment was written long before there was radio, television, movies, the Internet. So are these things not covered? And so when I see this new variation on the argument of the flintlocks and, and, and muskets, and, and it's now the bullets weren't even invented, I just say, I just mirror what they say in their little piece, and I just say it, that's essentially the same thing, except that the radio didn't exist, movies didn't exist, television didn't exist, the internet didn't exist, telephones didn't exist. So, you know, when the First Amendment was written by those 55 men in powdered wigs.
So am I suggesting that those items aren't covered under the First Amendment and the free speech aspect of the First Amendment? I suppose if you want to expand it to the, the religion part of it, Scientology didn't exp exist. I don't think Mormonism existed either. I think Mormonism was a later later development. I think that was that started out in the 1800s, was it? Hmm. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I haven't. Uh, this is just something that occurred to me. That you know, there's some newer religions. That I guess you know, Pastafarianism. You know, the 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 worship of the flying spaghetti monster. You know, if you're thinking that's silly. Uh, people, you know, do people actually believe in flying spaghetti monster? I, I would say no. But you know, how how different is that than people believing in, you know, an elephant god? You know, Ganesh isn't he sort of an elephant thing, or does the other god that has all the arms, or or are you know the the god of the of the Abrahamic religions? Uh, how much how much sillier than than that is? Uh, is a flying spaghetti monster, or the any of the silliness of Scientology and, and Mormon religions, you know, I, but they didn't exist. They didn't exist prior to the uh, uh, the, the writing and ratification of the First Amendment. So, does it not apply to them? But why not a well-regulated people? Why not? Like it's in the, it's in there, it's in there, it's written in there. Well-regulated. Okay, well-regulated militia. Does that mean willy-nilly people? Whatever you want. Um. I thought, you know, it's just, I, I don't, I, I, personally, I'm not into guns. I don't own one. Don't want one. You know. There are plenty of people that make up for me not owning a handgun or any kind of gun. You've seen those pictures on the internet. You've seen you've seen people standing on the deck of their house and and a lovely, wonderful pattern laying across the deck is every gun they own, or maybe half the guns they own if they're in Texas, and yeah, you know, it, it's just loaded with like a hundred, two hundred guns. I, I, why? I don't understand that. I mean, why? But I, I'm not interested in guns. I mean, I collect comic books. And I... This is going to be a weird analogy. See, I was thinking uh, uh, regulations. Okay. you got to be 21 to be able to buy a firearm. Let the, let the person mature a little bit. Even though the brain is still developing up until, what, like age 25. But let the person mature a little bit before they buy a gun. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? Uh, what else did I write down? You know the background check stuff. You know that. How about limiting people to three firearms at most? Three: uh, a sidearm, a rifle, and a shotgun. There you go. How's that? Uh, you don't need to have a freaking arsenal where you have, uh, you know, 
you know, twelve hundred guns in your house, or if you're in Texas, you have at least twice that many. And you know, you don't need that. So why not limit it to three? Oh, but what about the collectors? There are people that want to collect that that collect the weapons. Okay, fine. You want to have over the number of three those collector weapons that you get. They have to be disabled. You can't fire them. How about that? You can't fire them. It's just, they're disabled. You can't. You know, it's nothing you can do. But I'd like to shoot my, you know, collectible gun. All right. Um, well, you, ha you can only bring it to a properly licensed gun range, properly permitted gun range, where you, uh, you know, you. You know, the gun range has the ability to undisable your your weapon. You use it, and then they disable it again, and you just bring it home and put it in its showcase, you know, and to prove that you're a man or something. I don't know. Is that why? Is that sexist of me to say something like that? Probably is. I, just, I don't know. I, it's above my pay grade. I can't figure it out. There's, America has a... a, a has a I think a, a problem with this the gun culture. There's a problem. Um, there's a YouTuber named Bo of the Fifth Column, and uh, uh, he's a pretty left guy, uh, but he's also fairly you know pretty common sense, and I like listening to his take on things. And he was talking about gun control. It's not just it's all that easy the way it he makes sense. I'm I'm I don't know. I I, I, I I'm sure the solution to this. It's not one thing being done. It's several things being done. And I think part of it, and I think Bo was suggesting also that the, the changing of gun culture. you got to have all these guns. Well, then some of them don't work. Well, what good are they then? Hey, look, I, some people collect comic books. I told you I was going to get around to it. Some people collect comic books. And they send their, you know, their books in to get them professionally graded, and what they call slabbed, put into a plastic sleeve that's sealed up. And you know, so you can only see the front cover and the back cover. You can't see the pages in between unless you break open the case that they're put in, the slab that they're put in. Well, that's kind of like owning collector weapons that you can't. Fire. I mean, these are owning comic books that you can't physically read. You can't open them up and look through the pages. It's just part of the fun of comic books, being able to do that. But I, I again, it's above my pay grade. I don't know what uh, how how to solve this. But I will say something that uh, uh, that Bo mentioned. He said that a lot of the people, the, the gun nut people, uh, you know, we have a problem with gun nuts. Not necessarily guns, although it's there. But we have a problem with gun nuts. Now, you know, that's a whole worm thing that I'm not going to go into. But a, a wormhole, I should say, or a rabbit hole, a rabbit trail. I, I'm not going to get into it. Um, but Bo had mentioned how some people will say, well, a, the, a gun is only a tool. It's just a tool. And, and Bo said, okay, yeah, but how come we don't see any pictures of, of gun owners, usually white men, holding their, I don't know, their uh, power drill or their 
cordless reciprocating power saws or, or nail guns. Hey, guns even in the name of the tool. Hold them in these pictures where they're holding them like guns. Like they hold their guns in these pictures. Why aren't we seeing those? So, part of the problem is the gun culture and it's got to be figured out somehow, maybe. Uh, oh, and, and getting just a little political, I know I've played this before on the show. I wanted to play it again. This is um, this is a uh, um, uh, um, a bit of audio that I think came out in initially in 2019 or early into in 2020. Uh, it was during the you know the campaign time for for presidency especially, uh, and you know who was running for president. Yes, the worst president this country has ever had by far because no other president that I'm aware of attempted to uh, a coup attempted to steal an election which is what this man did fearless loser attempted to steal an election by saying that his victory was stolen from him that was his way of trying to steal an election and the dunderheads that follow him all soaked it up oh no 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 and in light of the events that have been taking place this week, with the hearings going public and a lot of damning information coming out there, but of course all the dunderheads will go, oh, no, 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 they were just tourists. They were on a nice little visit. They were, that was fine. Those, those were patriots. They care. They're real Americans. They care. Uh, he knew he lost. And he lied to you. If you're, a, if you're a Trumper, if you're sitting out there, you're a Trumper, and you're getting all boily here, I'm telling you this right to your ears. He knew he lost. He knew. And he lied to you that it was stolen. He lied. Just as he was lying for the entire uh, three and a half years prior to his starting to lie about the election was going to be stolen from him. The only way it can lose is if it's rigged. Fucking asshole. Why, you know, ugh, ugh. Now, I mentioned something about my my psychic abilities. The rumors of my psychic abilities are greatly exaggerated. And, you know, the rumors of anybody else's psychic abilities are also greatly exaggerated because there are no psychics. But retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Ralph Peters did a pretty damn good impression of a psychic when he said this during the campaign for the 2020 election. He is desperate to win. And by the way, if he doesn't win in 2020... You're going to see the ugliest departure from the White House in American history. That's right. Uh, uh, Congressperson Liz Cheney, and I'm not going to have the exact words, but she she talked about the tradition of the peaceful transference of power from one administration to the next had been honored by every president except one. And it was the one who knew he lost and lied to his people to the dunderheads the people are just blinded by him stolen to them he lied to you if you're listening if you're one of them listening to me he lied to you 
because he knew he lost. His top people, his daughter, his attorney general were telling him, you lost. There's no fraud. And then he attempted a coup. Lock him up. Lock him up. Lock him up. Well, so as to not end the show on another downer two weeks in a row, uh, I want to talk about something that's that's uh, that's that's the one item that I want that my mom and dad owe own that they own. It's not their house. It's not their car. It's not their money. Although it wouldn't hurt, but. <laughs> it's not that. The one item that they've owned and have owned for decades. I don't, I don't know when mom or dad, I'm, I have a feeling it was mom who got it. I don't know where they got it, if they bought it, if it was a gift. I don't know. Was it a housewarming gift when they moved into the house that they, that dad now currently lives in and mom is never going back to except you know she's never going back to? Because it's just not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know where, when it showed up, how it showed up. But what it is, is a, a painting. Well, a reproduction of a painting. It's a, it's a mass-produced reproduction thing. You know, it's, a, it's one of those, uh, if you remember some years ago, I don't think they still do it, but they used to have these... Uh, these uh, uh, they'd advertise, uh, you know, coming to the fairgrounds, you know, the great starving artist sale, something like that. They, you know, paintings, sofa-sized paintings for as low as $19, as if the size of the painting dictates its value. That's a sofa-sized painting for only $19. Really? A painting that big is only $19? Wow! Hey, you know what? The most famous and possibly the greatest portrait ever painted, the Mona Lisa, is essentially poster size. It's like 30 inches by 21 inches. It's not huge. I looked it up. 30 inches by 21 inches, approximately. That's all it is. So, you know, it's by, the, by that reasoning of its size, the mural I did when I in my junior year of high school with a couple of friends that features this this blob of a massive disgusting looking baby I was trying to paint trying to depict uh, it was supposed to be the the first test tube baby the first in vitro fertilization thing I guess uh, I guess the test tube baby thing. Uh, I forget her name, and I didn't look it up, so you know, sue me. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, and I I won't have a picture of this uh, for you. I, I think I think a picture a picture exists of that painting, a Polaroid or something somewhere around. My parents might have it, but I, I'm sorry, it was horrible. I hope it's painted over <laughs> since then. But I forgot as a young student artist in high school. 
I, for, I, I, I either forgot or didn't realize that babies, the proportions of a baby, are not the same as the proportions of a toddler or a you know a, 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 you know a little slightly you know a, a child or a teenager or an adult the proportions are much different and i was drawing this out and 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 i didn't you know and that was another mistake i made you know work it out in a sketch get it figured out figure it out in a sketch copy a picture of a baby i was good at copying just do it. Just copy a picture of a baby. Nope, nope. I was trying to draw. And I drew this big blobby looking baby that was like a shaped like a sumo wrestler in a diaper. And this thing was floating in the middle of this, this collage type mural of, uh, of science items. So it was a space shuttle was going up. Uh, there was, uh, you know, pictures of Saturn's rings, you know, there was the images there, and there was other stuff that were scientific advances, that's, uh, or scientific greats that of, of that, of that recent time period of 1982, 81, 82, when I was in my junior year. <laughs> and it is, you know, ugh. so, so if it's the size, well, that piece of crap mural, not the baby part of it was the piece of crap. Some of the other stuff I was happy with, but that was... Ugh. But if the size is it, well then, geez, that's got to be worth a ton of money more than than the Mona Lisa. Because that, you know, it's only the size of a poster. But anyway, <laughs> and this is a cool thing. And I'm going to have to stop by uh, their house tomorrow and take pictures of this of this painting. I'll just call it a painting, even though it's not really a painting. It's a print and whatever. Um, I'm going to have to take pictures of it so that I can put it on the show notes page, which you can get to the show notes by going to dimland.com and, and clicking on the show notes blog option. You do that. If you're not doing that, if you're not clicking on it, you're only getting like 4% of the show. <laughs> I don't know. I just make up the percentages each time. I don't know if you notice that. Um... But you certainly won't see the images I'm going to be talking about. Now, what we what the painting depicts is a uh, a kid at about well, I don't know. He's probably about twelve, and he and his dog are walking through this wooded area along a creek. Uh, you have that where the background part of it is is bathed in sunlight, and the foreground's a little darker. Because the leaves on the tree are blocking out the sun, but there's a like a clearing in the back. There's this creek that's kind of going through, and and he, and the kid's walking along. He's holding a, a fishing rod, like the old bamboo style fishing rods, across his shoulder. I think I think he's got that. And there's a dog walking with him, and um, and he's carrying one of those baskets that you put the the fish you caught in. I believe that's what he's got. He's wearing a red jacket, so I think he's a little white kid, blonde hair. And he's sort of looking off in a direction. And I just, I look at that thing, there's a comfort to it because it's so familiar to me because it's been in my parents' house for decades. And I just look at it and, and I've let it, for the last few years, I've let it be known. I want that. That's the one thing in, all, in their house that I want. I, I want that. Um... You know, I, it, there's, you know, I'm not going to fuss about anything else. 
you know, when the time comes and things are like, do you want to have this? And who wants to have that? What piece of, uh, you know, knick-knack or something that they might have do you want? But that's the thing. That's, I want that, that. I want it. And there's, and I can remember as a kid just looking at it and just, just studying it and, and finding, you know, it's brightly painted. The colors are not, you know, it's not, there's a, like a golden hue to the, to the, th to the piece pretty much. Um, and there's, there's a couple of things in there. And I'll do a close-up pictures of them so you can see what I'm talking about. There's a couple of things in there that are, I don't know, is it a printing defect? Is it something the artist put in there? I have no idea. It looks strange. One of them is there's like a, an embankment near the, uh, near the creek that the kid's walking by. And along the top is a fringe of, of grass coming out, and there's a little dirt underneath. It's like a, it's like a tiny little cliff, right? And there's a, there's a scimitar-shaped sort of streak of, of gold yellow that's just kind of coming out of there. And to me, I, 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 I look at that and think, why is that there? Is it, is it supposed to be reflecting sunlight or something? Is it, is it something shining out of there? Is it something metaphysical that's being put into the painting? So there's a little mysterious thing going on. The kid's noticing it, but it's not really drawing all that attention to it or something. I don't know. I don't think so. I think that it's some a splotch of some color got on there during the printing, and, and that's how it showed up. The other thing is, that's in there, and again, this might be the metaphysical thing because there's a, there's a, there's a. I think it's along the trunk of a tree and some rocks that are around the base of the trunk, where it 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 looks like a a dressed in 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 pale pastel purple and pink, with uh, uh, like the with like the knickerbocker pants. I think that's what the you know with the knee high pants with the with the stockings. When it's a and it's it's it looks like uh, from profile. I call it like the purple purple leprechaun. Uh, he's got one hand up, waving, and the other hand appears to be, uh, you know that when you when you shout and you put your hand next to your mouth to sort of direct the sound, right? It seems like that's the pose. I haven't looked at it in a while. But and and I think what is that? Is that is that a ghost there? Is that a what is that? Because it you will see it when I put the picture up. You will see in the context of what we're looking at that picture that weird gold yellow streak in there seems anomalous or or seems like it doesn't belong. And that purple leprechaun guy is it is it a ghost of a purple leprechaun? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that is. It's just, it's weird. But whatever it is, uh, it, I think it's the whole, the whole painting. It's just a really cool thing. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Okay, thank you for indulging me and in, in, uh, you know talk, talking about my mother and things that are going on because well, it's stuff I need to talk about sometimes, and and this show lets me do that. And, uh, and uh, um, yeah, be skeptical, wash your hands, all that stuff, and wear a mask, and get your, get your booster, and uh, um, uh, remember that you've been listening to Jim Line Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network, and this is your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off.
can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning, tuning us in. in. Well, I'm going to hell.